0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word.
1: Don't let anything make you mad at God. Uh, Because once again, if you get mad at God, you are mad at the only help available. I've heard preachers say that it's all right to get mad, God knows, and sometimes we just got to get mad and let Him know how we feel. No, don't do that. You better come humbly before the Lord. He don't owe you anything. And so we care for how we speak to Him. We come humbly before Him, even if your feelings is hurt. You come humbly with your hurt feelings before the Lord.
0: God can handle all of your feelings, but as Pastor Bill will explain in today's message, He's worthy of your reverence. If you're struggling with His will for your life or this world, you can freely bring those questions to Him, but do it humbly with respect for who He is. He created all of this and has the right to do whatever He wants. We need to remember our position before Him. We're sinners with an extremely limited view and understanding of the scope of eternity and His will for His creation. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Revelation, chapter 8, as he continues his message, Sanctified Silence.
1: I just want y'all to think with me. If all green grass burned up, how would that impact the world in which we live. Animals can't graze. There won't be no more hamburgers, right? I mean, you, that, that, that means this, whatever eats grass, whatever lives off of green grass, all green grass burned up. So we'll be impacted in that way. So that's never happened before, but that God, that's God saying, look, I'm, I'm little by little pouring out my wrath and pouring out my judgment on the earth. People that are living here now that are, maybe they're wealthy. Maybe they got, they, we, we think that they have everything. God is saying, look, in this period, when I, when I, when I pour out my wrath, God's just going to start taking things back that, that people, you, you haven't even honored God for, you didn't even give him credit for, you didn't even thank him for it, and God's just going to take some of that back. If a third of the trees go, what do trees do for the environment? Boxing, you won't be breathing as good, you know? So he's just taking back a little bit here and a little bit, bit there, and it gets worse and worse and worse. Whereas, look, for the Christian, no matter what your life is like today, we have a hope beyond this life, Amen. So for the believer, no matter what it's like today, there's a hope that says this is not it for us. So even if it's going bad for the Apostle Paul, when he was being beaten and terrorized and all these things, and he said in Romans 8, 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed. Paul said, no, no matter what's going on here, it don't even compare with where I'm going and what I have to look forward to. Amen. That's the hope of every Christian, even the even the people that are here during the tribulation period where it's as bleak as it's ever been. They're going to end up in heaven with robes that are washed in the blood and they'll get to be in the same heaven that you and I get to go into. Even that they got saved at the last, 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 last. They go to the same heaven. That that's always been amazing to me about God's grace, his mercy, that somebody can walk with the Lord for 80 years and somebody can get saved eight minutes before they die. And we go to the same heaven. Same heaven. I did. A, I did a funeral one time. It was a, a girl's dad died and the, the dad had cheated on her mom. And so the marriage broke up. But mom was a Christian and was still trying to witness to dad. And they invited me to the hospital. This guy had had some kind of disease that he was going to die of. And he ended up giving his life to the Lord at the hospital. The mom was there every day ministering to him, reading the Bible to him. But he literally got saved two weeks before he died and then he died. And at his funeral, I shared the, the story where there was some work, Jesus had workers. It was, it was a master and some workers came at the beginning of the day and they said, well, you know, we, we'll, we'll work. And he said, well, I'll, I'll pay you this much for the day. And they said, cool. Some people came at noon and he let them come work and, and they went. Some people came at the very last hour of the day, only worked one hour. And so when it was time to pay, he lined up the people that came last first. The people that worked the hour, he paid them the same amount that he told the people that came first thing in the morning. So the people that were there first thing in the morning was like, oh, we, whew, we, we must get in a raise, you know, because he gave them what we thought we was getting. But everybody got the exact same amount. And so the people that worked all day were like, that's not fair. And the master said, look, I, I gave you what we agreed to. That's, it's, 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 don't be mad at me because I was gracious to those that came at the last and the people that came at the last hour got the same thing that those that worked all day I'm not mad at that right I'm glad that somebody can get saved on a deathbed I'm glad that somebody who someone sold the gospel and ministered to them and it, it, they have that moment before they die that they can turn to Christ and be forgiven um, I think that we should be grateful because I mean I, I don't want to be in that predicament but I'm glad for those that are that God is still listening, amen? And so um, here, God is letting the, or he's letting the earth know and the inhabitants of the earth know that I, I'm the Lord and he's taking things away. Um, it gets worse from here. In verse eight, it says, the second angel sounded and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. So it wasn't a great mountain, but something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. Here's the result. A third of the sea became blood, And a third of the living creatures in the sea died and a third of the ships were destroyed. So, again, imagine what that would do to the world in which we live. If a third of the salt water was turned into blood, a third of the animals in the water died and a third of the ships, you know, were destroyed. That would impact our, you know, all the people that boats that go back and forth carrying stuff. Um, People that live off of what's in the ocean uh, would be significantly impacted. So we got grass animals gone. Um, now the fish is getting, are getting messed with. On um, The third one, it impacts the fresh water. Look at verse 10. Then the third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch. And it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. So these are our fresh water sources. The name of the star was Wormwood, and is just a very bitter uh, substance. And a third of the waters became Wormwood, and many of the men died. From the water because it was made bitter. So now a third of the waters are made undrinkable to where people are drinking them and dying. A third of the fresh water um, is, is, is taken away. And again, I want you just to imagine those that have been self sufficient because if you're rich during this time, your money can't buy fresh water if God turns it all bad. Amen? Yeah, there's, there's a point at which God says, look, that which you trusted in, that which you made God, is, is not going to be relevant. It's, gonna, it's, it's not going to matter anymore. It won't matter, how, it won't matter how much you have or possess if the, the grass is gone. The, the salt water is, is blood. The fresh water is, is deadly. The things that people have looked to instead of looking to the Lord, the things that people have, have worshipped, the things that have kept people from coming to God, that they've trusted in, that they've relied on, God says, look, I'm just removing each thing. Now, you would think that as these things happened, that the inhabitants of the earth would say, Man, God is not playing with us. How many guys read this and think that, that if you if you happen to be here, you would finally go ahead and get saved? That's what I think, right? And, and there are people that do get saved, but we're gonna see as we keep going that people are gonna actually end up being mad at God. As these, because this is just the beginning, it gets much worse from here. As these judgments keep pouring out on the earth. Um, We're going to find out in a little while, that not not today, but in in the chapters to come, that the inhabitants of the earth actually shake their, I mean, they actually raise their fist. They shake their fist at God. They get ticked off at God. Rather than saying, God, I'm sorry. Have mercy on me. Forgive me. Seal me too. You know, Um, they get mad at God. Now, for you guys that come here um, on a regular basis, I talk about this often. Is it ever okay to get mad at God? No. Why? One, he doesn't owe you anything. God owes nobody, he doesn't owe anybody here anything. Your greatest need and my greatest need is we need our sins forgiven. That is the biggest, in this room, every human being in this room, no matter what you thought your problem is or your problem was, our biggest problem is that we have sinned and fallen short of his glory. And if we die in our sins, we will die separated from God and go to hell. Amen? That is our biggest issue. Cancer can't be your biggest issue. A lack of a job, a jacked up marriage, being single longer than you want to be single, you know, whatever. none of those are your biggest issue. That's your biggest issue. And God in his mercy took care of that for you. He went to the cross and he took my sins and your sins upon himself. He died in our place. Just did that. He just did that for you. then he called people from from the time he did it till now. He sent people into the world to carry that message that you would hear it. Think about how you got saved. Think about how you heard the message. Think about whatever God had to do in your life to get you to where you are today if you know the Lord already. Think about the things that he, how he did all that. He, he did the dying, right? He had the plan in place to save you. He did the dying for you. He made sure you got the message. He, he gave you the Holy Spirit to, to help you because none of us would be holy without him, right? God has been helping us all along the way. He's done all these things. Now, if I go out there and, get a, and lose my job and get mad at God, How I look. Right. I could go crash my car and get mad at God or my house burned down or something happened to somebody I love. Sometimes people get mad at God for not keeping promises that God never said he he never made. Right. God never said that if you love me, bad things won't happen. Right. He never said if you love me, if you're faithful to me, loved ones won't die. He never said that. So we got to be careful about that. Don't ever get mad at God. It's, It's one of the it's one of the tricks of Satan. Because if you get mad at God, you're mad at the only help available. Now you out there. That's and that's why I think sometimes when bad things happen, that's what Satan wants. Um, Case in point, if you guys are familiar with the book of Job in the book of Job, there's a man named Job and God actually bragged on Job. God and Satan had a conversation and God said to Satan, have you? He said to Satan, where have you been? And Satan said, I've been going back and forth, you know. uh, I paraphrase, but I've been up and down, you know, tearing up people's lives like I do, you know. And God said to Satan, look, have you considered, and the word considered means study for war. Have you considered my servant, Job? He said, there's none like him in all the the earth, upright, blameless, fears God, shuns evil. And Satan said, he don't fear you for nothing. Look, Look at how you blessed him. He said, let me take away all that he has and he will curse you to your face. Satan's agenda and everything he did to Job was to get Job to turn on God. And look at how wicked Satan was about it, right? Job was wealthy. Satan took away his wealth in a day. Everything that he owned was taken. And we see it one of the strategies of Satan to overwhelm him. It was one after the other. Somebody would run to Job and say, hey, Job, I was out in the field. And the Sabians came and they raided all the camels. Man, you lost all your camels. You broke out there now. And I alone escaped to tell you. Satan always made sure one person escaped to come with the bad news. And then it says, while he was still talking, the next guy came, and said, hey, man, I was out there with the oxen, you know, the other part of your wealth. And, man, they all got took. Man, we broke. Man, I alone escaped to tell you. And then the next guy came, all the sheep. I alone escaped to tell you. And then the worst one, somebody else came and said, man, all your kids were together feasting at the older brother house. And the four winds blew and the house fell down and all your kids died. I get emotional just thinking all, not one kid, all your kids died today. If there was ever going to be a time to to be mad about something, would you guys imagine that? This happened to him. All of that happened in one day. Whap, 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 whap. One after the other. All your kids died. And what did Job do? It says that he tore his clothes, a sign of deep mourning. He fell down in a a thing of ashes. And it says that he worshiped. And the word worship, is the exact opposite of curse. He didn't curse God, he worshiped. And then, Miss Job... God bless her. Miss Job came over and said, somehow those those Satan's words got into her mind and she said, why do you still hold fast your integrity, Job? I got an idea. Why don't you just curse God and die? Now, we know, I don't know how Satan got his words into her mouth, but he did. I'm sure Miss Job was okay the rest of the time, but, you know, that was, she messed up that day. And Job told her, you speak as one of the foolish women. Shall we not accept good from God? And and now, you know, we will take the adversity the Lord is given, the Lord is taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And the Bible says in all this, Job did not sin with his lips, right? He didn't get mad at God. And so we can follow the rest of the book of Job and see as you get all the way to the end of the book because it was a long journey. But God blessed the end of his life more than the beginning. And there was purpose in his pain. It wasn't for nothing. But we know from that book, God said, look at what Satan tried to do. Every time in the Bible, Satan speaks, he's trying to divide God from people or people from God. He spoke in Genesis to Eve. Has God indeed said you can't eat? Trying to, trying to just separate her and from, from what God had said, what God, what God had for them. Uh, we see Satan speaking in, in Job to God about Satan. Oh, he doesn't love you for nothing. He'll curse you to your face, trying to bring separation there. We see Satan speaking in Matthew 4, 1 through 11, when he's trying to de- derail Jesus from, from his plan, from what God had for him to do. He's always speaking and trying to derail and divide us from the Lord. Be careful who you listen to. Don't let anything make you mad at God. Uh, Because once again, if you get mad at God, you are mad at the only help available. I've heard preachers say that, no, it's all right to get mad. God knows. And sometimes we just got to get mad and let him know how we feel. No, don't do that. You better come humbly before the Lord. He don't owe you anything. And so we care for how we speak to him. We come humbly before him. Even if your feelings is hurt, you come humbly with your hurt feelings before the Lord. Amen? You will do better that way. So. So moving on here, God is, you know, God is pouring out these things. Now the water is made bitter. Men are dying. Verse 12, it says the fourth angel sounded and a third of the sun was struck and a third of the moon and a third of the stars, so that the third of them were darkened. The result was a third of the day did not shine and likewise the night. So I thought that was interesting for people that like to walk in darkness. Guys, I'm going to give you all some. Right? I'm going just, I'm to just, I'm just, I'm just dim the lights on you guys. A third of the sun, y'all going to have a third less sun and a third less moon. You're going to get to be in the dark. And imagine what that would be like if you're on the earth. This, I, I have to feel like this would start to be terrorizing, Right. The, the blood in the sea, now you can't, no, no fish chip, no fish and chips, that's closed down. The, the grass is all burned up, McDonald's closed down, you know, like everything is going terrible. You know, the fresh water is, is, is people are dying, drinking, drinking water from the springs and whatnot. And then the moon and the sun are a third darker. It's just getting dark out here. Um, again, I'd like to think that people would say, maybe we should, maybe we should look to the Lord. Maybe we need to say sorry. Maybe we need to turn, turn back to him. Um, but this is what God's wrath looks like. And I'm telling you guys, we're going to see the angel say it in just a moment, but God is just barely getting started. This is like, this is nothing. He's just getting started. Look at what the angel says in verse 13. And I looked and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the remaining blast of the trumpet. And of the three angels who are about to sound, this angel is literally flying through the air saying, whoa, 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 it's going to be way worse than this. He's saying, whoa, 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 because of what's coming like this. Y'all haven't seen nothing yet. And if I could just, one of the things that is remarkable to me, any artist here can read ahead to chapter nine. Something we'll see next week is something that God prevents us from seeing right now. We don't see the demonic realm, Right. Most of us are not walking around. We don't see angels and demons, though we know they exist. Know that whenever we gather, there's angels, there's demons, they're present, just like God is present. They're, they're there, but we don't see the demons, and I'm glad. It's uh, not something I'm looking forward to seeing, but there's going to come a point, we'll see next week in the tribulation period, where demons are unveiled, and they're not just seen, but they're felt and experienced, and they can attack people on the earth, and there's nothing you could do to stop it there's a demon described in chapter nine and we're giving all the information about what it looks like. I was just asking any artist that could take a moment and if you want to read through that, I would love to see any artist's rendition of these things and then we'll put them up. You know? um, I was going to do one, but y'all would, was, I'm, I'm not much of the artist. So I, I was, I'll go ahead and preach it. Somebody else could draw it. But um, it's just, it's, it's, he, this angel, the angel takes the time to fly over the earth. So imagine what they've just gone through the, all the grass gone, a third of the trees gone, the, the third of the sea creatures, a third of the seawater blood, the third of the water is turned to wormwood, it's poisonous, um, the sun is darkened, the, the, st- the moon is darkened, and then you get an angel flying around afterwards saying, y'all ain't seen nothing yet. Whoa, 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 because the last three trumpets are going to be worse than this. And, it's, and this is the reality for everybody that's apart from Christ. No matter what life is like today, it's only going to get worse. The non-believer has no hope, even if it's good for them right now. Uh, that's why I hate when I see Christians envying um, non-believers because they got money, or they have stuff, or they got things, not realizing that none of that avails anything once they die. The Bible says in Hebrews nine twenty seven, it's appointed a man once to die, and after this what, the judgment. You're gonna live one life. You're gonna die one death and you're going to stand before God afterwards, and nothing will matter when you die other than this. What did you do with Jesus? That's it. If you were a cabillionaire, when you die, what did you do with Jesus? Your money won't help you. Your fame won't help you. If you did a million good deeds on earth and you didn't know Jesus, it's irrelevant. The earth can be cheering you. What good is that if God is rejecting you? And so we got to be careful about that. Sometimes I see believers and we're, we'll, we'll idolize and, and admire people on their way to hell. People we should have been evangelizing. People that instead of lusting for what they had, we have what they need. We act like they got what we need. So we want to be careful about that. Um, we want to be sharing the message of who Jesus is and what he did for us. Amen. But as we end this chapter, a couple things that I want to give us. Number one. I still see, even in the midst of God's wrath, right? even, this is a chapter where God is pouring out his wrath for sure, but right in the beginning, God says, but I paused. And I did hear the prayers of the saints on earth. And I did something about it. I'm in the middle of pouring out my wrath on the earth, but believers are praying and I heard it. I heard it distinctly and I responded. I hurled this thing to the earth. I, I, I responded to their prayers. And again, if God is listening and responding to their prayers, you can be certain that God is listening and responding to your prayers. And if I could encourage you with anything else, they could have done a lot of things, but they did the one thing that was necessary, they prayed. You could have stuff going on in your life and you could do a lot of things. People Google, people go to doctors, people call for help, people do everything else. And then at the last ditch effort, I'm I'm gonna throw up a prayer too. I I just encourage us that we would let prayer be our our knee-jerk response, that God would get first dibs, on things that are going on in our lives, and we would take them to him first. Um, and so that's one application that we would, we would pray, knowing that God is listening and responding when we pray. Um, number two, as we look at God's judgments, as we look at God's wrath, as we look at him as he pours it out, uh, again, if you're here and you're not a believer, then I would strongly exhort you that you would surrender your life, that you would come to receive from Jesus what he died on the cross to offer you. Why wouldn't you? Why would you, why would you pass up on salvation and forgiveness, which he's made available for you? Um, but if, if you're here, and you're already a believer, then we got to read these things and think, man, this is what the people I know that don't know Christ, they still they're still under the wrath of God. I want to be a witness to them. And so the two things that I would encourage all believers, one, if you're going to be a witness, you got to live right. Because sometimes the way that we live will null and void our words. Uh, there are people that got the right message in the wrong life. And so nobody will hear them. It's like a fat dude telling you how to get slim, right? You know, it's like, but you don't look like you know how to get slim yet, you know? So, uh, you know, if, if y'all want to get a six-pack, y'all not coming to me yet, right? So I'm going to get there, but, you know, nobody's coming to me and say, hey, bro, how you get a six-pack? You know what I'm saying? Because evidently, I, that's not my gift yet, right? So as a believer, right, you want to be living in such a way that, that, that you could be helpful, that people could see in your life a sincerity, that you might be able to share because we got a message that needs to be shared. But sometimes it's people that know the truth that are living, living in such a way that people can't hear it. So um, let's be living in such a way. Um, but in addition to that, that right lifestyle, there's got to be a concern that we would share. Some people are living right and then they just don't love people enough to say something or they're too afraid of how it's going to go or how it might affect their relationships or how they're going to look. And we talked about that. We got to die to all that to be a witness. And then so if you know you got yours, then we want to be praying for God to help, help us to be a witness. Help me to live right and help me to share boldly with those that are, that are in my, my realm, my little sphere of influence that we might make a difference. Amen? And then lastly, again, as I look at the wrath of God and the fact that I've escaped it simply because God is merciful and gracious, God gave me what I didn't deserve and he's not giving me what I do deserve. I believe as Christians, we want to be careful to be humble, that None of us are going to heaven because we're so great. So we don't want to be the kind of church, we don't want to be the kind of Christians that we look down our nose at people that are, that are where we used to be, right? Because some of us didn't start off doing so great, amen? And so sometimes the church can be that way where you get out of, you've been saved for 20, 30 years, and you'll look at somebody else that's just what you were. I can't believe how she, why would she wear that? You was wearing twice as less was her, you know, so... <laughs> We just got to be careful about being like that. When we see someone that evidently needs what we have, we got to say, God, give me wisdom how to reach her. Like somebody reached me one day. She evidently needs you. He evidently is is needing help. And I I believe if we pray that way and we have that kind of heart, God will help us to be those kind of believers that we're actually helping God's, God's purpose. We're actually helping preach the gospel and see people come to Christ rather than running people away from Jesus. Amen?
0: You've just heard a transforming word brought to you by Pastor Bill Buffington. What's swirling in your mind just now after what you've heard in today's message? Sometimes it takes a bit of time to fully process what was shared. Revelation is definitely one of those books that you have to almost sit and chew on trying to discern what in the world it all means. But the good news is, God's given us His Word to help us know and understand what's ahead. What a gift. He didn't leave it all a mystery. He's revealing things on each page of this book, whether or not you're fully in the know of all that it means in this moment. Keep studying it on your own and digging into Scripture with an appetite that's ready to take in what God has for you. If you like the message you just heard, we're so glad. You'll find more solid teachings like this one from Pastor Bill Buffington, at CalvaryEnglewood.org. Will you prayerfully consider spreading the good news with us? If so, locate the Give tab on our site. Don't forget, that's CalvaryEnglewood.org. This ministry is an outpouring of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. We're located in Inglewood, California. So if you have some extra time and are nearby, we'd love for you to attend one of our services. We meet on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. If there's a scheduling conflict, come Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We hope that this message has ministered to your heart and you have a little more peace next time listening to it. We look forward to our next time as Pastor Bill teaches in Revelation right here on A Transforming Word.